Okay, we all know that content marketing engages and educates potential customers, not to mention helping you show up higher on the search engines. But who are we kidding? The time that it takes to write, design, and publish all that content is like a full-time job. That's where Breezy comes in, your new virtual content marketing team. At Breezy, we do all the heavy lifting of digital content marketing so that you can do what you do best, your business. Whether you're a consultant, agency, startup, or small business, Breezy is like adding a new department that allows you to scale without all the risk. To learn more, just head over to breezycontent.com. That's B-R-E-E-Z-Y content.com. Breezy, content marketing just got easier. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Startup Sanctuary Podcast. Uh, my name is Josh Webb, and um, I am your host uh, for today, and probably all the rest of the podcast too, since it's my podcast. Um, <laughs> this is the podcast where we talk honestly uh, and open about the personal side of entrepreneurship. And um, so, if you're feeling alone, um, if you're uh, if you're kind of you know, hearing about your personal journey and kind of not sure where you're going in terms of entrepreneurship, or even right now during this time, if you're if you're a little nervous and scared, this is a really good place for you to be to not feel like you're not feel like you're alone and kind of get the perspective of other people who are currently facing it or maybe have already been there. Um, today, I get to meet uh, a new friend, um, uh, Lindsay Epperly. And uh, Lindsay has spent most of her career in the travel industry as a travel writer and a booking agent. And, um, and now uh, she leads a seriously growing team of travel agents as the CEO and founder of Epperly Travel, um, a luxury travel service. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, it's so funny. We like no lie. We were introduced through Brian and Shannon Miles. We just met, and now I feel like we're really close friends. I think so. We've we've already bonded <laughs> or commiserated, whichever you want to look at it as uh, business ownership during the time of Corona. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yes, and so and so you brought it up. So I, I was just telling her. So I have. I, I work from home, like, and and I'm used to, I'm used to working from home, but now I feel like everybody else has joined me, and now uh, I'm in a prison that is my house. <laughs> and uh, yeah. my my children have been kind of quarantined from uh, from school, and you know I have three boys, and they're here uh, running around the house, and it's like, hey, it's podcast time. Can you guys uh, be quiet a little bit? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a really interesting time. So thank you so much for taking the time, even though I know it's uh, uh, you know stressful and a lot of stuff's going on. Of course. Yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks for, for having me. I'm ready to have a candid conversation. It's, it's all I want to keep talking about is Corona, you know? <laughs> oh, I, I know. I'm sure you, I'm sure you do. Um, well, let's, so I just, you know, I did a little bit of research and, um, and it really loved, loved what I saw. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I, that I loved was kind of your, there's a part on your about page about yourself and just like your personal why. Um, and, uh, so I, I would love to hear a little bit, um, about, uh, your, your path, um, from, I mean, I think you were even on screen talent and then you eventually ended up in the travel industry is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and how you created the path to to creating this company. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. It's um it's been a foul, like a really fun ride so far and I have been able to do some some 
cool projects along the way. I started in this industry when I was 19. So it really is all I've ever known um, as an adult. And you're right, I did do a little bit of on-screen stuff. I've done a little bit of writing, um, both related to travel and just outside of the travel world. But for the most part, for my adult life, it's really been very specific travel agent focused. So at 19, I walked into a local travel agency for a brochure and I accidentally walked out with a job. So it was a total fluke fate, if you call it. And, uh, and I've been in the industry ever since. Um, yeah, five I'm pretty years- sure I've thought that this, something like that was going to happen to me several times and then it never did. They were just sort of like happy that I left. Right. Well, you know, what's funny is it's, it was during the age where, you know, when you're in college and you just say yes to everything and thank God mm-hmm. it happened then. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So I was an agent. Um, I've been an agent, I'd say essentially for about eight of the 10 years that I've been in business. But five years ago, I, I launched Up Really Travel because I really started looking around at the industry and thinking, you know, they need some more modern, fresh approaches to running businesses in this industry. And I thought that we could do it and we could do it better when it comes to relating to an audience who wants someone that's there for them, that's serving them, but is doing it in a modern way. So mostly over phone and email. Right, right. Yep. And so, and, and, and you kind of chosen this, uh, this luxury route, is that something you kind of fell into or uh, or is that a, was that a specific choice? Yeah. So it was very much something I fell into. That first job that I got, um, I actually started selling sandals. That was my first thing ever was to sell all-inclusive honeymoons to pretty much my college friends that were getting married. And so I, was, I was 19 selling honeymoons, had no business to be doing such. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, from there, it evolved from the four-star kind of all-inclusive product to better understanding the five-star market. Because really, when you look at the core of who we're serving, it's typically a client clientele that says, I really value hiring someone on for their expertise and, uh, and I value, you know, essentially hiring someone to save me time and money. And for the most part, it's people that look at their time and money the same. So it's individuals who are traveling on a four and five star level that kind of see it in that, that light. Absolutely. And I could, I could definitely understand that because I mean, uh, you know, just from a technology standpoint, everything that exists now to, um, to kind of take over that industry, you, you know, until you reach that level, you know, once you have that level, it's like, I don't want to plan my own trip. Exactly. Exactly. And if it's a trip that doesn't matter a whole lot, then I mean, sure, if you, if you're fine, just booking something on the internet, book it on the internet. But for people that are investing tons and tons of money into their vacations and they don't want to get it wrong, they can't afford to get it wrong. Like that's when you really need an expert on your side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally get it. So, okay. So let's, let's walk through this real quick. You're nine, you're 19. You, you uh, start into this industry, you become a booking agent. You, um, you, you start to have an idea of, of potentially wanting to be an entrepreneur yourself. I, I talk to so many people that have a, a passion for something mm-hmm. and maybe have even been in something, but when they go to translate it to their own business, uh, somehow it either gets boring or the passion gets taken out of it. And so how, how did you make that transition between, uh, you know, from having what was pretty much a job to actually end up turning this into, into something you could own that you're, that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Well, that's the whole dilemma explored in Emeth, right? That going from the technician to the entrepreneur is such a nearly impossible leap unless you're really just cut out for the entrepreneur lifestyle. Um, And to be perfectly honest, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur way before I knew I wanted to be a travel agent or be in the industry. So I grew up Mm. with a very entrepreneurial family. My dad owned a chain of tire stores. And uh, Okay. So that makes more sense now why you're in so many tire commercials. Yeah, that's exactly why I was in so many tire commercials. You were the one. You were the commercial. You were the person on the commercial who, who put his daughter on the commercial, right? That, that, makes, that is makes hysterical. Sense. Yes. Yes. And I, when you mentioned earlier about doing some screen work, I was like, 
this is so interesting. No one has ever dug up that about me in a podcast before. You almost threw me for a loop. So that was exactly what I was. All the way at the bottom of the LinkedIn profile. I went all the way. You really did. Well, and it's funny because I got a few other little gigs here and there from that. It was fun being on camera, but ultimately... I mean, I have always known since I was a child that I wanted to own a business. That has just been part of me like a heartbeat. So that's why I was in the tire commercials. And that's what ultimately led me to owning a business that was not a tire store. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. So you, so you were able to make that, that, uh, that leap. Um, you know, what was it like going from kind of job to, to owner? Uh, insanely challenging. So even though I knew I wanted to be an owner, I would say for the first three years of Epperly Travel's existence, we've now been in business for five years. For the first three years, I was just, I was still chief technician. I was still number one salesperson. It was still every client bottlenecked through me. And even though I had a team of outside salespeople, my focus was on my clients and not on my business. So I worked too much in it Mm -hmm. and not enough on it. So um, a fun transition that's happened over the past five years was my realization that I'm much more fulfilled and I am actually much better at running this business and pouring into my team. And we can go further if I'm focusing my efforts on that instead of focusing my efforts on each individual client that's coming through because I can train others on how to do that since I've done that for so long now. Um, And actually to combine personal life with professional life, two years ago, my husband, when we got married, he quit his job in finance and came and joined us full time. So- Yeah, that was a whoa. All we've ever known of marriage and, and is working together as well. So this has been a fun time to really understand one another. But he's very much helped me learn how to get out of the weeds and into this leadership role. He's a very left brain systems thinker. So whereas I was doing the same thing over and over again and not creating any sort of organization in the company, he was able right. to help me look at it, create that organizational chart to essentially scale it up and get myself out of the booking situation and into the leadership role. So that's really been a big focus the past two years. That's awesome. So that's so he's sort of like your your EOS, uh, you know, uh, integrator. Um, so, so that's pretty cool. So he like uh, to have that kind of partnership. Sometimes that's a very difficult to find. Absolutely, we're very is very that, fortunate. That, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we were <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get into this. we were talking about the coronavirus earlier um, before we before we started the the show and. Uh, the main thing that I wanted to to bring up it's it's one thing to start a company and sort of a lot of times you end up in that kind of honeymoon phase where it's like really exciting and you're building it and you're overcoming these like these like just marketplace challenges and then there's something completely different about when something happens that you can't control at all that really affects your business and I think that that's I mean you're this is like super super fresh for you and this this is not so you know this is not something we we planned what Absolutely. was what was interesting. No, it's interesting. I'm, I'm doing the research on you, and I and I, I see that you're in the travel industry, and I see all these places you're going. And then literally, I'm watching, uh, you know, and then I'm I'm watching uh, President Trump, and he says all travel into the country is closed. And I went, oh no. Right. <laughs> right. So, tell me how how is how has this been affecting how has this been affecting you, and 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 what do you what are you kind of doing? Absolutely. Great question because I'll tell you, even in the way that you pose that question is something that I'm dealing with on a day-to-day basis, which is President Trump said one thing on his briefing, but there were facts that were left out or that were not explained clearly. So then the Homeland Department had to go back and follow up and say, actually, it's only for foreign nationals. It's not for U.S. citizens. But by that point, the media had gotten a hold of it. The damage had been done on getting the wrong message out there. So much of my job is just facts, is getting back in there, fact-checking, letting our clients know what actually is going on, and and kind of combating some sensationalism that's been occurring. So for us, 
you know, for, for most of America, this really kind of hit us upside the head the past 48 hours, right? Everyone is now in full-blown, oh, this is a real thing. In the travel industry, we've been dealing with this for about three to five weeks longer. So I've really been on the front lines of seeing this affect other countries where we had clients going and kind of responding, reacting, and figuring out a game plan from there. So you're absolutely right. It's, it's something that was definitely not predicted for our 2020, where we thought the most that would impact business is the fact that it's an election year. This was just mm-hmm. unprecedented. And, and so uh, how do you how do you personally prepare for that? Because I think, that, you know, uh, having having a business is is just hard in general because, like I mentioned, the market the marketplace fluctuations and just to, you know how potential customers are going to respond to your offering. I mean, that's that's enough of a challenge for an entrepreneur as well. And then it does sort of seem like a kick in the pants when something that something that you can't control happens. So so what do you how how are you doing? You and you have I'm sure you have plenty of mentors and you have you 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 know you seem like you're uh, you know at least you're doing a really good job seeming like you're keeping it together. Um, <laughs> how, how, how do you, how do you deal with something, um, and maybe even the fear that, um, that's, uh, you know, approaching your business because you're dealing with two sides. You have, you have to deal with it from your client's perspective. And then you also have to deal with it from a, from a sales perspective. How, how do you deal with, with the fear when something is unexpected like that, that happens in your business? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I kind of think that I'm like the duck right now that looks very calm on the surface and then underneath is paddling like crazy, just trying to keep up. That's, that's a little bit of hell. My life is mirroring at the moment. Sure. Um, but I, I honestly, I think the best way to prepare is to actually prepare before something like this even happens. So I am super, super thankful that we have looked at this business as a business for long enough to know it's wise to have a cash reserve. You know, it's wise to have a war chest built up so that if there is a time where cash flow is tight, you do have financial, um, like a situation where you can really call on that and not have to worry about, oh no, my cash flow is tightening up. I've got to live hand to mouth. This is really going to impact the way that we do business. So it's one, preparing before there's even a rainy day. And um, and then two, the way that I've been looking at this as a leader, because you're, you're right, there's the client side that we're having to convey the message to and letting them know here are all the facts. But at the same time, we don't have a crystal ball, so we can't figure out what's coming next. All we can do is best prepare you based on the facts. But I've also got my entire team. So my team is made up of five individuals in-house on the internal side and then 11 independent contractors. And uh, mm-hmm. and many of them, this is their first world crisis. And, and even for me, I wasn't in business during 9-11. I was still in middle school. So this is my first to this caliber, but I have been able to see crises in the past. And you and I talked a little bit before the show about fear, and I've been able to see how fear plays such an active role in how we make decisions as consumers and as business leaders. So I have thankfully had the standing of that in my favor, that I've navigated instances of fear. And this to me is, of course, it is a real threat, but we're having to break apart what is real and what is perceived. So I've been able to kind of look at it with a clearer mind. Thankfully, having had a little bit of practice in situations like the economic situation in Greece or the scare in the DR last year about tainted alcohol, you know, things like right. that that have come up over the years. So what are you doing to, to kind of alleviate or just help your, your clients right now? Like, how are you communicating with them? Yeah. So honestly, the best thing that we can do, we look at situations like this as as opportunities to employ empathy and authority. So we're really relating to them on a human level and being as understanding as possible. It's understandable that they're scared. It's understandable that they don't know the right next move. And we as professionals, it's not our job to tell them the exact right next move, right? We can't 
we can't make that decision for them, but we can guide them to the best of our ability by just relating there and listening and just being there for their needs. And then on the flip side, it's the authority side of saying, all right, we've been in this situation before in this capacity. Here's what we're seeing. Here are the facts. We're really only spreading the facts from the CDC and the World Health Organization and the State Department. We're not sending out CNN articles because that might be sensationalized and we don't want to feed into their fear. We really want to only provide them with facts. So that's the way that we're arming and equipping our clients. Yeah, that's uh, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, uh, you know, I, I would love to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the virtual culture you've built up. Yeah. Um, the you know it seems it seems like everybody's kind of the end. There keeps I keep seeing kind of memes all over the place talking about everything is canceling. Um, and and I think that's the the little part the the part that's scary about where the economy is right now is this, is how it's seemingly unprepared for a kind of a virtual work culture. Uh, that uh, so many companies that you would think would have that capability are, and I think that it's it's not necessarily a technological problem. It's more of a cultural problem, yes. where they just don't they don't know how to deal with people that aren't walking around their office that they can just go up and talk to. Yeah, and uh, and now it does, and it, and it, it seems like everything everybody's going to have to get a, a forced two week vacation uh, when really <laughs> everything could continue the way it is. I mean, if if everybody if, if we could just kind of have this virtual culture and not freak mm-hmm. out. Uh, then it could continue. So you're luckily really in that position. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, about that, uh, about that culture, how you developed it and, and, and maybe how it's really working for you right now? Yeah, we are so fortunate, kind of like with the cash reserves, that this is something we prepared for a couple of years in advance, but we didn't even know we were preparing for it, right? So it's very interesting to see all these other companies suddenly panicking and pivoting and turning toward a virtual workplace. And uh, and for us, our vision for the company was always to make it a virtual company. So the fact of the matter is our salespeople can work from wherever as long as they've got a computer and you know phone access. And we do because we want to show our clients that we're traveling. So it's something we've been implementing for the past couple of years. And um, and the question we've been asking ourselves over those past couple of years is how do we maintain a culture? How do we replicate the water cooler conversation? How do we make sure that our agents never feel like they're isolated and on their own? So the culture question, to your point, was really the, the way in which we solved that. It was by creating this strong, dynamic team that supports one another. So We've invested a lot of hours and a lot of thoughts and intention behind making sure our advisors are are looking at one another on a regular basis for camaraderie, community, and support. And um, and we do that via, you know, a, a number of different technologies, but we do that because we encourage them to do so. So in a time like this, they're already used to turning to one another and setting up a Zoom meeting or turning to our Google board and asking questions, or we even will send out like kind of internal videos to one another via uh, Loom or Dub. And, and that's already part of our day-to-day. So it's not that awkward adjustment phase. It's something that they're already used to. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I think the the pattern that I'm picking up here is is uh, you know not just imagining for some kind of crisis. I mean, we we do know that some, these things happen from time to time, and we also have seen a pattern. And it's like we're we're going to recover. It's not going to be The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, uh, I did make a I did make a joke on Facebook earlier. I was like, "Where's where's my uh, where's my crossbow?" Because uh, I, I I have to admit that uh, I've had a reoccurring dream. Uh, that all of a sudden I like, like, you know, at the beginning of The Walking Dead. And it's like, yeah. this is, it's this a is little eerie. It, <laughs> yeah. I have to be, it's like, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever read like Stephen King's The Stand. It also starts like this. And so yeah. I was like, <laughs> 
if I'm being honest, I was like, I've been having a couple of reoccurring dreams. But look, those are all fiction. And the truth <laughs> is, is that is that we've all we always run into these 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 kind of uh, challenges. And even if they're on a, a global scale, um, you know, we there's so many people that are so smart uh, working on these things. And the truth is, is that, and we've heard it over and over again, if we don't panic, it's all kind of turn back uh, to normal. And so what's awesome about what you're saying is the pattern is just, you know, being, being personally prepared, uh, having your business uh, be ready and being nimble. And it seems like you guys have done a really good job doing that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, and I would say to add to that too, kind of to the same vein of being nimble, it's whether it's, working with our clients, you asked earlier what we're doing to help our clients, or it's me leading the team, is not thinking in a binary way. So things don't have to be black or white. It doesn't have to be go or cancel. It doesn't have to be work or stay home and get nothing done. Like it, it you can really come up with a great solution, a great plan C essentially. Um, and I think that that's the way that we've been able to kind of stay on our feet and stay agile, both with clients and with our team. So if I had any advice for fellow business owners, it's it's retire the way of thinking that it has to be either or and try to come up with a third option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and probably, and probably often, I mean, cause oh, yeah, there, there, giant things like this. Yes. I mean, I, I know that something sometimes uh, some, when I'm, when I'm doing coaching or some of, you know, even my clients, uh, some of the things I'll run into is that, you know, they worked really, really hard on a process and then one of their, and then one of their customers broke it and it makes them so <laughs> mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the scalability is going to go out the window the second we let one client break it. Exactly. And no, you've got to constantly keep adapting and evolving. I mean, I think back to three weeks ago when this was all first starting to come to light and a few people were starting to ask, you know, should we cancel? Should we go? What should we do? And we were coming up with the active solution of, all right, let's actually try to to negotiate for you and get this pushed forward or be flexible on your dates or move it so you don't lose your money. You know, like we were thinking in those terms before all the cruise ships and everyone was rolling out all of these new stipulations and Delta saying, actually, we'll be flexible now. We were going to our suppliers and saying, will you be flexible for our clients? So it's always thinking one step ahead of, all right, oh no, the system's broken. What are we going to do? We're going to scramble and panic. Well, if you've already been thinking in that way, then you can get ahead of the curve. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, and I think that that there's a couple ways you can think of it too. You know, going back to uh, your husband and kind of the maybe the preventer that he might be. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, think of be thinking about the the bad things that can be happen and then also be thinking about the opportunities, uh, yes. you know, the innovation that can happen. Um cuz I'm sure there'll be a quite a bit of innovation that comes out of this. It's a different way of thinking uh even if this just scares people into innovation, yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, I I fully think in a couple of weeks this is going to be like a oh man, you remember that disease? Agreed. I think it's um, a fascinating case study. And I think I'd be even more intrigued by it if I wasn't just like barreling down in it day to day, you know, so often and it's affecting business. But I do think it's kind of an interesting thing to step back and observe when you have moments to do so and say, all right, how could we have done things differently on a small scale and large scale? And then what is this going to change? Because there might be companies out there that have never thought about working virtually and they do this and then they think, hmm, that actually could be the way of our future. I mean, it just, it's going to come. Yeah, wow. Everybody got a bunch of work done. Weird. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, let's assume, uh, you know, in a week or, you know, a couple of weeks in a month, uh, maybe I'm being too optimistic. I would um, love to assume know, things, it on that things, side instead of longer. <laughs> I know it. I, I, I'm just going to stay positive. I'm going to stay positive. I can't, I can't sink down that rabbit hole. Right. Um, 
but you know, let's assume that things start to kind of go back to normal. Um, you know, and and you're getting back to your your normal vision way of thinking. Uh, is the goal kind of to just you know grow, 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 uh, or or do you have a bit of an end game or a, a vision for for where this company's going? Yeah, so we definitely lean more toward the vision side of things, and it doesn't have to be growth for growth's sake. Um, I'll tell you, I was very inspired by Simon Sinek's most recent book, The Infinite Game. I don't know if you've read it yet, but um, I'm halfway through it. Okay, it is good. Okay. So you're going to know what I'm talking about then. It, it, it was inspirational in that oftentimes we just have this growth mentality and set ourselves to a number off in the distance, and no one really rally cries behind a number, you know? So for us, ours is our mission statement, which is to be gracious travel agency citizens of the world and serving our clients by making memories. So the way that I look at that is we have an opportunity as a more modern, innovative travel agency in general, we're oftentimes being a beacon for innovation, for kindness, for gratitude toward our suppliers and our clients. So that's the mission that we're working toward. And as we do that more and more, and it becomes attractive to others that are kind of outside looking in, I think growth is inevitable. And that's something that we want to embrace as long as it never negatively takes away from our culture that we've built up. Yeah, I think that makes, I think that makes perfect sense. And, you know, I think having, uh, you know, having that as a goal and and knowing that, you know, it's, it's not just bigger is better. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a really good way to go. Yeah. And it so helps shape your way of thinking during crisis even too. So the call that I had with my team this morning was about what are our statements going to be for the next couple of weeks over social media and just our marketing statements. And, um, and because we know that our, our company culture is all about gratitude and kindness and paying it forward. We're coming up with a campaign. It's hashtag spread kindness, not Corona. And we're going to be blasting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can steal it if you need. Um, we're going to be blasting that out to our, um, you know, our suppliers, our fellow agents, our clients, and just giving them something to look forward to and something to challenge them daily to spread kindness. And that gets us something to get by for the next couple of weeks when we're not focused on making bookings because we know that that's what's going to happen the next few weeks. No one's going to be calling us, you know, to plan their spring break trip last minute, but we want to be able to be a positive beacon still. And because we know that that's our mission statement, we know how to follow that during times of good and bad. Yeah, that's really great because you, you know you didn't say it this way, but I think what what this is a real opportunity for is you're right where where people are probably going to pause on purchasing for mm-hmm. for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is a, this is the time to really uh, shine your brand and to shine yeah. your values and uh, and to shine the kind of uh, yeah because I, I, I also think it's a mistake not to I mean I've seen a couple different things I think that I've seen some businesses like for instance I'm seeing. Uh, you know, uh, Royal Caribbean and, um, commercials, you know, playing right now as if nothing is happening. You know, oh, no. I think that's a bit yeah. of a mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, I've noticed Disney stopped. Yeah. Uh, I, I see ads all the time from Disney. I'm not seeing right now, but I think, you know, uh, responding in the way that you have where it's sort of like a, you don't necessarily have to, to address it head on, mm-hmm. but definitely like, uh, you know, have it focus on your brand. Have it focus on the on the message that you want to yes. spread right now because you already know people aren't going to buy. You already know people are freaking out. Yeah, adjust that marketing uh, a little bit to where you're staying top of mind, but it do, you don't look insensitive that you're pushing a product. And I think that that's exactly what you're saying is when you see those commercials in this moment, it, it almost makes you kind of be like, well, wait, who's missing the mark here on this global crisis that's occurring? So yeah, they forgot to put the pause on their media. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Eek. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, first of all, th- thank you for for having the, this conversation because again, I, I know that this is a really busy time, and I know that this is uh, potentially a fearful time. And I think just it just shows your character, and that you can just kind of uh, go ahead and do this anyway and share your wisdom. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this: you, uh, hypothetically, you're sitting down for coffee with someone. Um, you know, maybe they're they're where you're at, or maybe you know, maybe they want to turn their job into a company like you did. What, what advice, uh, I know you gave a little bit of advice before, but what kind of advice would you give them, uh, you know, personally or professionally? Yeah. So I guess looking back on it, it's, um, I, I get approached by a lot of individuals who are travel advisors with that question, of course, because they see what I have done and, and their immediate thing is, all right, my next step is to build and to grow. And I always push back a little bit and challenge just to make sure kind of like what we talked about earlier, that if you're sitting in the technician seat, make sure that you are actually going to be fulfilled by moving over to the entrepreneurial side. So my advice is to kind of step back, whether you're a travel agent or someone else that's, that's questioning whether you should go into business for yourself or not, it's step back and really self-reflect. It's actually take time to assess what goals do you have and what fulfills you? Because as an entrepreneur, as you very well know, you wear every single hat in that very beginning stage. And then as you're growing and you're becoming more of a CEO and eventually an owner, a true owner where you're able to step in and out of your company as you please, you've got to be the type of person that is constantly just going through metamorphosis. And And I don't know that everyone feels that way or is interested in that. Some people like to get in one role and be in it for years and years and years and years. And I think the really best of the people that are entrepreneurs are those who actually thrive off of constantly creating better versions of themselves. So if that Mm -hmm. resonates with an individual, then you know they're, they're cut out for it. If it feels too scary or intimidating, and it always feels scary. It's just a question of whether or not you're going to have the courage to take the leap. But if it if that's something enough to stop you in your tracks, then you probably don't need to move forward with building a business. There are enough businesses to go and support and pour into. Um, so that's the way I look at it is really understanding whether you're made for that entrepreneurial lifestyle or not. That's that's awesome. I I, I wonder. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking back on I, I've I've started several uh, organizations and I usually build little teams. Never never I've never been able to build a huge team and mm-hmm. it never really really been required. But I know one thing I was I was always struggling with is that uh, because I'm a little bit of a technician myself, I can step above and I can build those teams. I get them kind of au- like uh, on autopilot where they're they're really going. And then all of a sudden I don't feel needed anymore, and my insecurities <laughs> start showing. And I'm like, does anybody want my opinion or does anybody? <laughs> Coffee or, or you're like, or I can just go and you won't care, right? Your uh, opinion, and it's too much of an advice monster. So I totally get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's just like, and I want to be liked too. At the same time, it's like, hey guys, this is a joke. Was it funny? Did you guys laugh? No, okay. Let's you guys keep working. That's cool. Oh, uh, that's so relatable. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like Michael yeah. Scott a lot of times just totally oblivious to the. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know. Sitting there with your your, your best boss mug. Yes, yeah. I found this. I, I found this. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, Lindsay, th- thanks so much again. Um, and I think you're doing an awesome job. You, I mean, you really sound like uh, you have all of the tools necessary to to make this into a really, um, you, you know, even better business than you've grown it into so far. And uh, I, uh, I, I don't just hope this for you. I know that everything's going to recover, and that, uh, and that you guys are going to be able to do awesome things for your clients, and they're going to be even more appreciative and, and and cheer you guys. So, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Josh. It was so refreshing to be able to step back and talk about business, and also talk about this kind of fear in light of knowing that this too shall pass. So, thank you for your positive attitude on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can put it on when I need to. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, hey, let me ask if, if somebody wants to, to learn more about you, um, where should they go? 
Yeah. So check out Epperly Travel's website. It's www.epperlytravel.com. And uh, you're welcome to reach out to me. It's lindsay at epperlytravel.com. But I'm all over the website. And so is the story. And, you know, more inspiration in terms of travel needs as well as career opportunities that we have on the team. Absolutely. And I'll put those in the podcast notes as well. Um, Well, that's it for uh, this episode of the Startup Sanctuary podcast. Um, Hey, listen, if you liked this episode, uh, please share it with somebody, Uh, maybe somebody that's like freaking out right now or somebody you know just needs to hear um, some of the content that was shared today. Uh, And then also, please review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, I know you think, I I get those all the time. Did you like this? And I say yes. And said, do you want to review this? And I say no. Please say yes. It actually uh, helps more people find us and, and and lets them listen to this content. Uh, this content. So, uh, and then finally, if, if you want to know more about uh, Web Advisory Group and how we can help you achieve your unique vision, whether that's through uh, helping you find some clarity or also uh, purely marketing uh, marketing tactics and execution, uh, please go to uh, webadvisorygroup.com. That's web with two Bs, advisorygroup.com. No, I did not change my last name when I started doing websites. That is a rumor. Um, and uh, anyway, I'd love to hear your story, so feel free to reach out. Um, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Okay, this year, I'm going to write a blog post a week, um, or maybe once a month. I'm going to post on all of our social media platforms every day this week. Wait, how do you use this program again? Ugh, forget it. I have a great idea for a piece of content that's going to get me leads. Maybe if I dedicate a whole week to it, I'll get it done. Ugh, who am I kidding? I need a whole team for this. We all know content marketing engages and educates potential customers, not to mention helping you show up higher on search engines. But who are we kidding? The time that it takes you to write, design, and publish all that content is a full-time job. Welcome to Breezy, your new virtual content marketing team. At Breezy, we do all the heavy lifting of digital content marketing so that you can do what you do best, your business. Whether you're a consultant, agency, startup, or small business, Breezy is like adding a new department that allows you to scale without all the risk. How do we do it? We call it the content machine. First, you get your very own content creator. They will meet with you every month to plan out your content calendar and strategically create content that works towards your business goals. Next, they handle all of the writing, design, and publishing of that month's content. Finally, you get a comprehensive dashboard that lets you know how your content is working and what the plan is for the next month. Stop procrastinating and get all that expertise out of your head so that you can build up a resource library and look like you own the internet. Make content marketing a breeze with Breezy.